Around the Waffle is produced by Backchat Studios and lives on the Acast Creator Network. You can find the show's social channels by searching Around the Waffle or the Backchat podcast, Backchat double underscore. Yes, hello and welcome to all our West Australian football fans to another edition of Around the Waffle. You can watch us on the Backchat YouTube channel or you can listen on wherever you get your podcasts. Well, we're hot off the heels of an exciting round seven, which saw four of the five games decided by three goals or less. And now we go into the WA Day weekend. On this episode, we're going to review all the round seven games and we'll also have Peter German, the Perth Demons coach, on the show today. Paul Persick is my name. It's a great pleasure to have your company. And I'm joined today by the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, the most elected Electrifying man in the history of the WAFL. I speak of Mark Reddings. Mark, welcome back to the show. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. That's the best intro I've ever had. I'm not sure how long you took to, to come up with those lines, but it sounded like I was about to jump into the ring with Muhammad Ali. But uh, <laughs> that, is, uh, that is gold. And, and uh, thank you for that very warm introduction. I appreciate it sincerely. Because it, it was a big round and it deserves all the big talk that it can get. Yeah. You know, with those four games decided by less than three goals, I mean, talk about an exciting competition so far. No, absolutely. You're 100% right there. And to be honest with you, the, the tightness of the competition is reflected in the ladder where uh, first place and sixth is separated by only two games. And, of course, Peel on top by that game. But second and third and fourth, it's only percentage between them. And uh, those matches, as you said, the only game that really blew out was the one that I was at, which was uh, the East Perth versus the West Coast Eagles. But, yeah, great to see uh, some of the clubs that um, have had trouble getting victories on the board doing so, notably Perth, East Perth, breaking a three-game losing streak. And what about that game in Broome, which was terrific as well. So uh, lots to talk about. It certainly will be. And uh, we'll also have a little word before we get to Peter German in just a moment. Mid-season draft, that's coming up in a couple of days. There are a lot of players that are in talks of getting picked by AFL clubs, Jack Buller being the most likely. And we're also hearing that Robert Hansen Jr. of Subiaco may be picked. Yeah, I think Robert Hansen Jr. is a, is a moral to go. And it's just a question of when. Fremantle very much into him. Clubs have spoken to this uh, Subiaco player, young man, I think 18, turning 19 this year. Uh, but he's, uh, of course, played Colts footy, but has also graduated to the league. So there's a lot of interest in him. Uh, from a, a perspective of the WAFL, 23 local players have nominated for the draft. Uh, look, there's only going to be a small percentage picked up. Jack Buller had a, a modest state game, a little bit modest. And you saw the game against uh, East Fremantle, but we know what he brings to the table. I guess from overall perspective, the Eagles with the first pick are likely to go with Ryan Marich, Marich who has been a, a very good player for the Gippsland Power. So, But from a WA perspective, Jaden Hunter from Perth. Interesting to hear what... Uh, Coach Peter German has to say about the possibility of losing him, having kicked five goals in a winning effort against South Fremantle. But this is the mid-season draft. It is tough. We talk about Jaden Hunter possibly going to the AFL. Not great for the Demons, waffle-wise, but I think we can't hold back players from getting their chance at the top level. Absolutely, and that's really what the mid-season draft is all about, getting uh, young players and those that have been in the system before to the next level. Uh, just before we go to Peter German, of course, a WA Day round coming up this weekend. Every game will be live, free, and in full on the AFL app, so make sure you tune in. This is Around the Waffle. Paul Persick alongside Mark Reddings. Now, one of the big upsets that was seen in Round 7 was Perth. Four-point winners over South Fremantle at Fremantle Oval. It was a really big scalp. And their coach, Peter German, oh, how elated was he? And I'm glad to say he joins us on Around the Waffle today. Germo, welcome to the show. That was a, must have been a huge win. Uh, yeah, I guess for us, any win's a, a big win. But um, I don't know. I don't know if it was that much of a surprise, was it? I think we've been playing some reasonable footy without getting results. But... Um, 
yeah, no, we were uh, we were pleased to have a win, but you know, we uh, we got to get our heads um, back to back to earth and then um, get going again because we play a really good side this week. Yeah, especially with uh, Claremont, you know, about looking to bounce back after a loss. Tell us about, we were just talking about Jaden Hunter may possibly be going to the AFL via the mid-season draft. What did you make of his five-goal performance on Saturday? Yeah, no, Jaden was great. Once, um, when the game settled a bit more, um, you know, he, uh, he really started to come into his own. He was he certainly straightened us up. Um, you know, I would have liked to have had him maybe early in the year because really he's... Um, you know, he come off a knee reconstruction. A lot of his summer was about just, you know, still getting his knee right, rehab. So he didn't do a lot of training with us. So that's why he started off in, well, he actually didn't even start round one and, um, you know, coming back through the seconds. And then that was only his third senior game. So, yeah, look, he's um, he's worked really hard to put himself in a, in a good position to, um, you know, well, we really felt that he was going to be important to us. But, um, yeah, look, who knows um, what happens in a couple of days' time. But, yeah, look, as I said, he, he helped us straighten us up. And, and um, you know, and when you've got a focal point like that, it, uh, you know, it certainly gives the players confidence in someone to kick the ball to. Peter, talking about that win over South Fremantle, it was a terrific effort. And, look, the efficiency of your side going inside 50, you only went inside 32 times and you kicked the 12 goals. So you made the most of your um, entries. And I guess in many ways, uh, I really liked uh, some of the performances. I mean, Cooley got a lot of the footy on the weekend, and he was he was prolific, uh, 33 touches. And Charlie Thompson, someone I saw against East Fremantle, he's been uh, outstanding for you in the midfield uh, in 2023. Yeah, you know Charlie's come over from from VFL. Um, uh, I'm good good friends with his uh, with his uh, uncle. I used to play footy with Darren Steele at uh, at North Melbourne, so that was part of the connection. He come over, he was really looking to just come to a club. He, he sort of had enough of the the VFL in terms of how it was just um, AFL orientated. He wanted to actually come to a more of a, a club environment. And he's seen a the vision that uh, that I've got and, and the club's got, and, and he really liked that. And, um, you know, so he's come over and just been a- able to add so much on and off the field. And yeah, look, on the weekend he was he was definitely um, one of the key components to our to our win, winning the ball inside, and, and uh, certainly gives the outside players plenty of uh, ball. So yeah, look, him and Jack Cooley and uh, were very good. You know, uh, Corey Burns still playing a good, consistent footy. So our midfield's starting to evolve and um yeah so it's um yeah so as i say it's, it's for us it's always a work in progress you know we've still certain start you know still learning how i want the boys to play and and learning about each other and that's uh you know i think once you get that synergy then things start to happen and we're starting to see a bit of that now it's been a long-term rebuild that you've stated from uh, from the outset, and especially with a lot of the young players either coming over from interstate or coming through the Colts system. Uh, it, it's, it's obviously a very important step in your rebuild, taking on one of the big finals contending teams and getting the job done at Fremantle Oval, which is often a hard place to win. Yeah, um, you know, I still look at our back line. I think our back line is, is what we've sort of built the, the team around, and, and there's no experience really there at all, in, apart from, say, uh, Matty Taylor, you know, um, Jacob Caniglio as well, good leader for us. But it's built on, you know, Singh, uh, Johnson, Avery, uh, uh, Daniel Hill. And, um, you know, it's, I think at one stage there yeah, with our average um, age or games in the back line there was, was about 12 uh, senior games. So it's it's young, but it's, 
But with Darren Rumble as our defensive coach, he's an outstanding um, teacher, uh, Rumba, and um, yeah, he's got him really playing some, some good footy. So, you know, that that's where you know we're sort of starting from, and and we're building the team from. And as I say, you sort of add bits and pieces along the way. But you know, as I say, we've still got some uh, players. We've, we've actually got a fair injury list to be honest at the moment. We've got about fourteen players and. So that's really sort of holding us back in in a couple of areas. Like Trent Manzan, we picked him up, and and uh, you know he's out for another four or five weeks, and there's a few other guys. So yeah, look, we're it is a, it is a when I say rebuild, it's almost like starting from scratch, and uh, but that's the exciting thing, I think. Absolutely, uh, league sign signs are good, and also the Colts doing really well, uh, and you know top of the table. That's a, that's a really a positive sign for the footy club. Hey, Jim, are you you a fan of the mid season draft, or how do you look at it? Given the you've, you've in the waffle clubland now, it's, it could could be uh, quite <laughs> detrimental. Well, put it this way: uh, last year when I wasn't coaching uh, <laughs> waffle, I didn't give a couldn't care less. <laughs> But, um, you know, now you're obviously, I'm invested heavily in, in what we're doing at Perth. And, and it is a, it's a, it's a big, it's a big task. Um, you know, it, you know, in terms of recruiting and, um, managing players, you know, we've got a, we've got a young support staff really second to none in terms of doctors, physios, trainers, a lot of people who invest a lot of work. You know, you've got about five, six, seven full time people here. And you're really investing a lot of time, and all of a sudden, I, I probably this is how I look at it. Coaching Chubiaco in 2004, you know, a young group sort of coming through. Matt Prittis is a 19 year old, a few other young kids, and, and um, Brad Smith at halfway through the season probably kicked what 40 goals. Imagine if he had been taken halfway through our season in mm. 2004. Mm. There's no way we would have won the premiership that year. And I just think it, it it does rip the guts out of your out of your team. Like if if look, and as you said before, I heard you say that you don't want to ever stop any young kids, you know, reaching their dreams. But you know, I would think that if they're going to have a mid season draft, it should be internal in terms of the AFL. That there's players unhappy at Western Bulldogs and they might get you know traded to Geelong or whatever. But when you actually start picking the eyes out of out of um, you know, but you, you only have to look at the, the young fellow who got picked up from East Perth last year as a forward. He's gone down, hasn't played one senior game, and he's and he's played every game with Pure Thunder, and that really ripped the guts out of East Perth last year. So, you know, there's different ways to look at it. Um, as I say, you never want to try and deny any young fellow his dream, but in terms of um, what it actually then does to your club, uh, you know, it can actually sort of rip the it can rip a fair chunk of of the heart out of your team. So, and then they go, oh, and then I heard Pab say in his commentary, oh, you know, but the clubs get compensated. Well, can I tell you, 10 grand doesn't compensate for, you know, what on the field, the player you lose on the field, like a quality player. So, yeah, I don't know. Look, I'm, I'm caught in between because I've always prided myself on trying to get players to the next level. But when it gets take it, ripped out of your team halfway through a season, I don't know, I find that art. Yeah, that's a very good point that you make, Jermo, especially when, you know, there's a young player like Jaden that, you know, he had a great game on, on Saturday, but, you know, very young kid, still got a lot of uh, untapped potential, and, you know, if, if he does get picked up, it will be a detriment, I will say, to uh, to the Demons. But nonetheless, was a big win for your team. Good luck on Saturday against Claremont at Lathlane. That one should be an absolute beauty. Thanks for your time. We really appreciate it, mate. No worries, boys. Thanks.
That was Peter German, the coach of the Perth Football Club. Did raise some very good points on, on the mid-season draft. Yeah, of course. When, when you're, once you're inside the, the waffle bubble and, and you do get affected like that, it is it is significant. But, and he said, I'm, I'm conflicted here because young players get the chance to play at the top level. But his idea that the mid-season draft should happen internally is, is one that, look, I think is worth considering. But the AFL is a beast that I think runs its own race. I'm not sure they're going to listen too much to the effects of a, a waffle club or a sandful club. Yeah, only time will tell. I come the mid-season draft in a couple of days. Uh, by the way, of course, every waffle game, you're heading into the WA Day weekend, every waffle game is streamed live, free and in full on the AFL app. Of course, there's one game on Saturday, two on Saturday, uh, Sunday and two on Monday. This is Around the Waffle. Mark Reddings and Paul Persick. All right, let's get into the game, Skeet. First of all, in Broome, East Fremantle, getting the job done against Claremont, and that win puts them in touch with the top two. Yeah, huge result for them, isn't it? And uh, credit to them. Uh, look, Cody Leggett kicking three goals, Dylan O'Reilly two, and it was a, a really good performance. Spoke to Matty Jupp yesterday, and he said, look, ideally that match would have been played at 5 o'clock, 5.30. I know they played a, a couple of local teams, but in terms of a, a spectacle and a marquee match, that might have been a better idea because it was really warm conditions. Yeah, uh, but from a from an East Romantle perspective, a beautiful tune-up for the Derby uh, on Monday. Uh, and, and obviously, just getting that extra couple of days for the public holiday Monday to get themselves ready for South Fremantle. Terrific. So Bulldogs are going to find it really tough, I think, against the East Fremantle side that are, are, are moving in the right direction. And especially when they've got players like Milan Murdoch and Tom Joyce in form in midfield. And also Fraser Turner, the former South Australian. What a game he had. 25 touches and five marks. Claremont, on the other hand, they butchered so many chances up four. They had about five or six more inside 50s in South than East Fremantle in the last few minutes of that last quarter. They just couldn't make it count. If they had kicked two or three more goals, they maybe would have snatched the game. Yeah, and the inside 50 count was pretty even, 47 to 45 in favour of the Sharks. So it was a really good result for, for East Fremantle and keeps them... Look, let's be honest, they made a prelim last year. The next step, logically, is to play in the grand final. I just think they've got the tools um, to, to do that this year and, and they've uh, ticked off a, a very big scalp, as you say, in Claremont, who um, have, have shown some variations with their form this year. Yeah, and that's only their second loss. Only mm. their second loss, and, and both their losses have come to a side currently in the top five. So Claremont, they're still right there. They're still contending at the moment, but their form a little bit up and down, especially with players coming back from injury. Jack Buller, still a little bit underdone after that calf injury early in the season, but they also missed Bailey Rogers. So he's out for another three weeks. Well, he's huge, isn't he? I mean, he would have played state footy, so without him, Claremont, a lesser side. But yeah, they've, they've got out of jail against Swan District, so They've had some moments, but they'll be there. They'll play finals, and just a question of uh, what position they occupy. Yeah, how far will they go? Only time will tell. Now, the second game at uh, Pentonet Stadium, West Perth and Peel Thunder. And Peel Thunder prove why. At the moment, they are the team to beat. Nine-point winners over West Perth, despite being uh, three goals down at half-time. And what about the impact of Neil Erasmus, Ben Hancock, and Corey Wagner in midfield? They delivered. They did indeed. Now, West Perth had 60 inside 50s, which generally gives you a victory. Not to be. It was Tyler Keitel's 150th match. He kicked three goals, so he provided what he could. But just looking through the game yesterday, uh, Peel had to really dig deep because they were, I mean, you said three goals down at half time. They, they were further behind in the first half of that match. So that's a huge result for them. Uh, Seb Quek, three goals to him. And you talk about uh, the mid-season draft where he goes from East Perth to Fremantle and then ends yeah. up playing for Peel. That, that's massive for them. And But with Corbett and, and Liam Henry both bobbing up with a couple of goals, this Peel Thunder side, dare I say it, looking uh, pretty ominous, a game clear on top and while Fremantle are, f are travelling well in the AFL and also uh, with limited injuries, this 
Peel Thunderside are destined to, to play and have a big say in September. Absolutely. Of course, their most successful start, dare I say it, since 2016-17, their premiership years. On the other side of the coin, West Perth, third loss at home this season. That doesn't often happen with a West Perth team reigning premiers who are now feeling the pressure at the moment, I would say, heading into the derby against East Perth. Yeah, not much difference. You look at how Geelong similarly have been travelling in, in the AFL. Well, West Perth called their first game against Claremont, the grand final rematch. They were beaten there. Yeah, I think you make a good point with not being able to create that that real cauldron that they normally have at Pentanet Stadium and, and that home ground advantage, that's sort of dissipating as we speak. So uh, rival clubs not as fearful of going up there. And, and West Perth, well, call it a premiership hangover, call it what you like, but other clubs are, uh, are finding out ways to beat them. Absolutely. Tyler Cartel, like you said, game 150, great career he's had three goals in a losing effort. Nathan Murray, he's been waiting for his league call-up. He's been in the league side for a couple of weeks, 26 disposal and seven tackles, not afraid to get physical at the coalface. Yeah, they've got, uh, they've got some good mids. Uh, look, they've got, you know, I saw, uh, of course, Shane Nelson kicking a long goal from about 50 metres out. They've got Aaron Black still going around. But, yeah, they might just need to uh, have a, a bit of a reset mid-season um, to, to make sure they're, they're in the right space to, to ta- have an assault at the back end of the end of the, um, the year. So they've, they, they're not done by any means, West Perth. But, yeah, they've, they've been a bit... Um, a bit clickety, a bit like Claremont, just unable to, to get into a good rhythm uh, for long periods of time this season. Yeah, it's going to be a big game on Monday, make no mistake about it, to see where they're at. Also, for East Perth, which we'll get to in just a little bit. And the next game on Saturday uh, at Leaderville Oval, Subiaco and Swan Districts. How unlucky can <laughs> the Swans be five times now that they've lost by under 10 points? Yeah, and you'd have to say they had to had to come... They, I think they kicked the first three goals. They were up by 20 points early, early doors in that one. And then, as it turns out, involved in another game decided by a kick or less, and they're on the wrong side of the ledger again. Thomas Edwards takes the mark of the year, most likely, in the dying moments, gets the chance from a tight angle, let's be honest, a tight angle, yeah. difficult kick, so to win the game for Swans. He misses, and uh, more heartache for the black and whites. They have been close, you were so right. And what are they, how many games have they won this year? They've, just the one. Just the one game. And, well, if, if things had gone their way, they'd been able to convert their chances uh, they'd, they'd be just inside the four or the five as, as we speak. Yeah, very unlucky, the Swans. And, you know, ought to feel for Andrew Prune as well. He must be having a, a couple of headaches as we speak on how do you not get those close wins done? They should be in the five. I mean, I said this when we previewed round one when you came here uh, earlier this season and that the Swans should have a side in the five on paper. Oh, you, you just can't feel that. They are so unlucky. On the other side of the coin, Subiaco, they had their usual usual suspects making an impact. Liam Hickmott, 34 touches. And again, Zach Clark. I mean, he must be an early favourite for the Sandover, Zach Clark. Yeah, he's been the best ruckman in the waffle, no question, this year, in, in my opinion. He's just been outstanding. And he's been able to come back to the, the competition and the club that he had success in and do so well. Interesting, again, numbers-wise there, is that inside 50 count was 51-36 to 36 in Swan District's favour. But... That didn't translate to a victory, which is, uh, as you say, such frustration for the coach. They're doing a lot of things right, um, the black and whites, but unfortunately, uh, the end results haven't been there. And Aidan Clark, 31 touches and kicking one of the goals of the season. But um, they had two massive highlights, but unfortunately, they walk away from Leaderville over with a, with a loss on Saturday. Yeah, and hearts broken once again. And I have to say, you said this about West Perth and Claremont. They're from a little bit uh, topsy-turvy. Same can be said for Subiaco. You know, they're currently in the five at the moment, but can they stay there at the end of the season? Yeah, I think they're doing enough, aren't they? They've beaten some some good teams. We saw them knock over Claremont. Um, they, they've been 
Uh, I suppose in many ways, last year, we always think an aberration for Subiaco, but I think they've got enough quality there. Maxi Walters, by the way, kicked a, a, a terrific oh, yeah. goal, and he's a he's an underrated player. So I think Subiaco will get there. They've got uh, Ben Sokol, who in attack will always give them that outlet. So I, I suspect Subi will play a part. Um, bottom part of the, of, the, of the five, I think, will be where we see them. It'll be interesting to see where they go against Peel Thunder, top side on uh, on Sunday in Lang- at uh, Mandra. Now, the fourth game on Saturday, Skeet. I know you uh, had a bit of a smile on this one. Uh, Perth and South from Mantle, the Demons, with Matty Taylor, a defender, getting the last goal of the match to sink the Bulldogs at Fremantle Oval. Like Germo said earlier, it's 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 another big building step for the Demons. Absolutely. But conversely, I suppose what it means is uh, South from Mantle, who are uh, perennially a, a contender for the Premiership, they've just got the, the one win officially next to their name after you know raising the salary cap deficit of two games. So uh, they're, as we speak, they're, they're three games outside um, the top division. It's going to be tough for them to to, to make an impact now. Uh, but Perth, look, they've, they've done a couple of things right. Look, I've, I've sort of tracked them in, against Subiaco, first match of the season, fell away in the second half. They were poor against Peel, poor against East Perth. We saw them against East Fremantle and absolutely saw some real improvement from them there. And after that, of course, they've, they've been a lot better. So Peter German, great to speak to him to find out where the Demons are at. They've still got a lot of injuries, but uh, a massive boost for them uh, to, to get that, that result down there in Fremantle. While for South Fremantle, they had the return of Jake Florenka, and uh, he, he came back into the side like he, like he never left. Uh, 28 disposals and 10 tackles and five inside 50s. Another great performance from what I term as a real complete midfielder. Absolutely. And South, it's a new-look side, obviously. We've been mm-hmm. Missing, you know, Hayden Sloyth and Matty Parker does return, but they've they've certainly probably would love to to get more output from some of their mid range players. I mean, Zach Strom kicks four goals. Uh, he's just a, an evergreen player, isn't he? And as you say, Florenka with twenty eight touches, Tom Bletchenden and Glenn Byron and, and Matty Parker all uh, in the twenties. But uh, South Fremantle, gee, they're uh, unfortunately they're they're up against it now. That loss particularly hurts, given the the ladder as it stands. And also with the Derby at the Wacker coming up on Monday, it's going to be a real test. If they lose that one, dare I say it, their season is stuck like cold turkey, to be frank. And then the final game on Sunday, West Coast and East Perth. No surprise about that one. East Perth, after three straight losses, back on the winner's list. Yeah, and look, they did it pretty emphatically. Although, uh, having a chat to uh, Hamish Brayshaw yesterday, he... It was a it was a contested game, and they had some some young players back. Campbell Chesser at West Coast, uh, Elijah Hewitt, uh, Callum Jamison all played. So that was interesting from an AFL perspective. But uh, East Perth, uh, Bonner. Bonicelli, I think it is. Bonicelli. Bonicelli was missing. So, therefore, it was Schofield, not our own Will Schofield, a bloke who kicked four goals at Mineral Resources Park. was named Mitch Schofield. Four goals to him. Uh, They had a lot of contributors, didn't they, in Mm -hmm. terms of um, the spread of goal kickers. 30 scoring shots, 22 goals. And I think, as as we know from um, early on in the season, it's their midfield group, supported by Scott Jones in the ruck, um, Shoemaker, Brayshaw, Croden, all able to, to generate plenty of footy for their forward. So, it was a... A predictable victory. It was a good victory, but I suppose uh, just what Ross McQueen would have wanted after uh, falling away. Three wins, three losses, but hopefully gathering something heading towards that match against the Falcons. And also a key uh, weapon in defence too. Plays more down back, but can shift up the ground. Tom North, he's been in terrific form as well. Yeah, absolutely. So that was a, it was a, wouldn't say a complete performance by East Perth. I think they were outscored in the last quarter by the West Coast Eagles. They certainly, what was it, four goals apiece. And yeah, 4-5 to 4-1. So they were outscored by the Eagles in the last quarter. That wouldn't have pleased the coach. This is Around the Waffle, Paul Persick and Mark Reddings reviewing Round 7. 
All right, Skeet, just before we wrap up today's show, it's time to cast the votes for the Around the Waffle Player of the Year. And uh, there's going to be a few that may get some opinions stirring. One vote goes to Angus Schumacher of East Perth. Great game from him. Continues to make an impact in midfield. Absolutely. And, of course, the uh, Simpson medalist from uh, a couple of weeks ago for WA. And uh, you talk about the Sandover medal. Uh, They're going to be sharing some votes or maybe snaring from votes from each other, the East Perth midfield, but Angus Schumacher, one of the elite players in the waffle. Absolutely. Uh, Corey Wagner for Peel Thunder, he gets two votes, uh, four marks, four tackles, four inside 50s to go with his third-year disposals. Took the game right out of West Perth, especially in the second half. Three votes, Fraser Turner, the South Australian. I like his form this season with East Fremantle, especially with uh, those inside 50s in the second half making such a good impact, and five marks, two in midfield. He, I reckon, has been a valuable addition to East Fremantle. Yeah, it's certainly an unheralded player, and not one of the players it automatically springs to mind when you think of East Fremantle and, and you talk to Milan Murdoch and, and Cody Leggett's having a big season, John O'Marsh, they've got some weapons, O'Reilly, etc. But he's a guy that certainly has added something to them this year. Now, four votes. This one may cause a stir because it's from a player in a losing team. Aidan Clark of Swan Districts against Subiaco, including that goal of the year. Seven inside 50s and 31 disposals. What a season he's, season he's having. Yeah, absolutely. Gets the votes there. Uh, when you say it was a losing effort, they, they lost by a kick, so it wasn't... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, they're the sort of uh, matches that uh, good players can come up with 30 touches, kick some great goals and, and, not, and not get the ultimate, which is the four points. But uh, he's, a, he's a fine player. Been uh, one of their best at Swans for a while. And I know you like this one. The top gun of round seven. The five votes goes to Jaden Hunter of Perth. Five goals in a match-winning performance. His efficiency up forward, just brilliant for a, for a young kid who's got so many, so many years of untapped potential. Absolutely, and we've heard from Peter German he's had some injuries, but the delivery of the ball, and I watched some of the, the service he received at the weekend, was good, but he still managed to finish, and it's going to be fascinating to see um, where he ends up, and we presume it'll be at an AFL club, and could be playing footy uh, this weekend, for instance, which would be extraordinary if he goes to a club that's uh, somewhere near the bottom of the table. It'll be a huge dream for Jaden Hunter, especially coming back from so many injuries over the last couple of years. The leaderboard after round seven looks like this. Milan Murdoch still out in front on nine votes, then it's Tom North and Jai Bolton tied on eight. And then we have a multitude of players on five votes. Ben Sokol, Shane Nelson, Jarvis Peanut, Taylon DeLacy, Aidan Clark jumps up to the five-vote bracket and also Jaden Hunter of Perth. And there are many on the four, three, two and one votes as we end round seven and we look forward to round eight. Skeet, thanks very much for your help today. I look forward to uh, your call on Monday. The WA Day Derby at the Wacker should be a ripper. Yeah, can't wait for that and uh, look forward to sitting here with you next time where you can uh, come up with some uh, absolute... <laughs> pearls uh, from your uh, script. Uh, thanks so much for being uh, part of it with me today. Uh, no problem, Skeet. Uh, all the best on Monday. We thank you very much for your company here on Around the Waffle. Don't forget, we've got socials in operation, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We really do appreciate the support. Give us a big thumbs up and like our pages. You can also watch us on the Back Chat YouTube channel and listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back on Thursday to re- uh, preview the WA Day weekend and what a round it is going to be. We'll see you next time. Around the Waffle is produced by Backchat Studios and lives on the Acast Creator Network. You can find the show's social channels by searching Around the Waffle or the Backchat podcast, Backchat double underscore.